Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. What can the celebrities who have their lives on blast teach us about what to do and what not to do? I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me from Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube as Patty Pop Culture. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. If it is your first time here, welcome. Please take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. Um, so I want to start today by thanking all of you amazing listeners out there who take time out of your day to listen to my podcast and choose to come back thank you so much it makes me literally so fucking happy the podcast just hit thirty thousand listens which is so exciting i'm having like exciting conversations with people about the success of the podcast and it's it, it just makes me so happy because i was really nervous to start a podcast at first because one i already have a tiktok so i didn't think people would want to move from my tiktok to my podcast and then it's just a podcast is long form and not everyone is super into them. And it's also really scary being on a mic for like 20 or 30 minutes and really just being myself and talking to you guys um, over this. And it's it made me feel like really vulnerable and like really nervous at first. So as compared to like TikTok, where I really only talk for like a minute and I try to cram all the tea and information in there. So it just really makes me happy that you guys listen and come back and enjoy it and send me nice messages and rate it and leave uh, nice reviews it literally makes me so happy and i want to shout out one listener in particular today who sent me a really cool dm she said uh, i love when your episodes are longer i listen to them when i run and i'm training for a marathon so i run from the start of the podcast to the end however long it is that is from katie on instagram katie thank you so much uh it makes me so happy that you listen to this while you're training for a marathon that's so impressive first of all that's crazy i used to be a long distance runner in like high school so i totally get how hard that is like keep running that's so impressive um just keep going don't give up you can do it and when you do reach that 26.2 make sure to get that bumper sticker and dm me when you do because i'll be so proud of you we're all rooting for you here all the listeners alike anyway let me get into the lessons of today so first we're going to talk about jake gyllenhaal he finally responded to the all too well 10 minute version by Taylor Swift and he had some scathing words to say about it and he wanted to teach Taylor a lesson about her fans. Then we're going to talk about the Instagram drama going on with Pete, Kim and Kanye. There's been unfollowing and following and it has been very shocking about where everyone stands with everyone on Instagram now that Pete has joined. And lastly, we're going to talk about Julia Fox and Azalea Banks. They got into a nasty Instagram fight talking about drugs and uh, dealers and sex work and you know, everything that goes along within Azalea Banks fight. So we're going to get into all of that. Before we start, if you can just rate this podcast five star on Spotify, you're already here. Apple podcast. If you are there, leave a cute review. It'd be so appreciated. It would help me out so much. And yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats.
The most hated man of 2021 is breaking his silence in 2022. Yes, I'm talking about indie music concert loving, self-help book reading, rewearer of other people's scarves, 41-year-old Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> he was the most hated man in America in 2021, if you remember, because Taylor Swift wrote read about him, about his horrible relationship with her, and specifically, though, the 10-minute version of All Too Well, which was the most heartbreaking ballad of any heartbreak Taylor Swift ballad any of us have ever heard. So we were like, who the fuck did she write this about? We need to find him and kill him. And it was Jake Gyllenhaal. And if you remember, he couldn't leave his house. He would get heckled. He was getting so much hate online. Like everywhere we go was like a Jake Gyllenhaal hate warfare area. So he was having a horrible 2021. And now he's finally talking about it. He did an interview with Esquire where he spilled on his experience with the re-release of Red. And he said that one, he has not listened to it. That's a lie. Fucking liar. I don't believe anything that gaslighting man says. He listened to it and he still listens to it. Um, and he also said that he doesn't begrudge Taylor Swift for singing about their past relationship, which was surprising to some people. He said, it's her expression. Artists tap into personal experiences for inspiration. And I don't begrudge anyone for that. He's so annoying. He probably loves that she wrote a song about him. What's that song? You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. That's him. But he did talk about the fan hatred of the Swifties that he got during the time and how it affected him. And he said, at some point, I think it's important when supporters get unruly that we feel a responsibility to have them be civil and not allow for cyberbullying in one's name. Then he continued, that begs for a deeper philosophical question, not about any individual per se, but a conversation that allows us to examine how we can or should even take responsibility for what we can, what we put into the world, our contributions into the world. First of all, can I say he sounds so pretentious and like he thinks he's better than everyone else, just like Taylor Swift said, we're so over him. And second, it seemed kind of contradictory, the part where he said we should be wary of our contributions to the world, referring to Taylor's song, but then also said it's her expression and I don't begrudge her for singing about her experience. That kind of seems like He's like, don't put that out into the world, but totally sing about your feelings. Kind of seems gaslighty. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just cannot forgive him. Um, but about the point of the fanfare of like the fans getting a little too militarized against someone who their favorite artist wrote about against. I think I do agree that some celebrities need to make better environments for their fans. I've talked about this before, like the whole responsibility of celebrities to raise a good and healthy fan base and to set a good example and not have you know, this toxic ban of loyal followers. I do think it's their responsibility. And I've talked about that before. But um, yeah, and I do think there are some artists who can do a little bit of a better job at that. There's some maybe aggressive artists out there who do not set the best example. But most artists are really good about it. They tell their fans to back off if anything is going on. And I think Taylor Swift especially does a really, really good job. Think about how massive her fan base is. That's probably like a billion people to control all the secret Swifties out there. There's there's a lot of us, a probably billions of people so that that's a big fan base to be responsible for but i think she's always really respectful and nice um you know she encourages her fans to have respect for everyone that they've ever come in contact with and be the bigger person and lead with kindness but at the same time she encourages her fans to stick up for themselves which i think is good too i don't think we should just lead our fans into being like blindly nice and uh uh compliant to everyone who maybe doesn't deserve it i don't think she encourages bullying but i do think she lets them know that a little healthy confrontation is okay you know with albums like reputation and with a lot of her breakup songs so 
And I like how in some ways she does, she, like, she will always tell us that she'll never say who the song is about, but in some ways she definitely tells us exactly who the song is about. You know what I'm saying? She likes a little bit of healthy drama. So we know the song is about Jake. And to be honest, it's Jake's fault. It's completely Jake's fault. I think Taylor is so respectful. She didn't say the song is about him. And even if she does, she's fostered a really healthy fan base that wasn't even attacking him as hard as they really could. I think Jake was just mad that her fans were on his ass when he deserved it. And this is just another way of him not taking responsibility. I think she did all she could and she still wanted to write about her experiences. And Jake Gyllenhaal, if I think in her song from Red, I Bet You Think About Me, she was talking about how she insinuated that Jake like used her for fame and attention. In one of her lines, she talks about how her shine would reflect on him. And so it's kind of like he wanted the fame, but now that the f- attention is negative, he doesn't want it anymore. He's like, tell your fans to stop. Like you're encouraging them to cyberbully win. Now the attention's bad. Like it's your fault. If you wanted the attention, but not the the negative attention, then maybe you shouldn't have been a horrible fucking boyfriend. So I think Taylor is doing just fine and it's completely moved on from him. And he is not hip and he is old. So I don't care what Jake Gyllenhaal has to say anymore. And he doesn't need to teach Taylor Swift anything. Anyway, <laughs> what can we learn from this? You have to be held responsible for yourself. Your actions from forever will be held accountable to you forever. Karma is real, so if you don't want bad things to come back to you, don't be an asshole. Like uh, Justin Timberlake said, what goes around comes back around. She's insane. She wrote a song about me. I bet you think about me. Kanye West is foaming at the mouth as we speak and needs to be resuscitated because Pete Davidson just joined Instagram, his platform. Instagram was Kanye's turf. For the past two weeks, he dethroned Britney Spears as the chaotic ruler of Instagram. And, you know, it's Kanye West now. There was a past family drama with the Spears and now there's a new family drama with the West and Instagram was the main battleground and Kanye was a tyrant bullying everyone he brought everyone into it Kid Cudi Ariana Mac Taylor Kim all the Kardashians but especially Kim and Pete but now the defense of Kim and Pete is bringing him some artillery because Pete is officially joined on the platform with the handle PMD. So go follow. Shout out to Pete. Go go get him those follows. He has to catch up to Cristiano Ronaldo's 400 million followers. Um, not that he needs the shout out though. Pete just joined yesterday and he already has 1.6 million followers. He gained all that in one day, which has to be some kind of record. Kim said, no boyfriend of mine isn't being an Instagram baddie. So I guess Pete's an influencer now. You know, he can post about his smart water give some tattoo removal videos. I would love to see what kind of content Pete has to offer. Maybe he'll join the Sway House next. Clearly, they can learn something from him. Um, Anyway, and you know, one of Pete's first followers was Kimberly West Kardashian. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. She she dropped the West. Just Kimberly Kardashian. Um, You know, his girlfriend, Valentine, soulmate. And he only follows two people. Pete has only choos- chosen to follow two people yet. I'm hoping to get that third spot. He followed Kim Kardashian and Sebastian Stan, who is an actor. No one knows why he followed Sebastian. They're not even like friends. 
Pete just always has to be mysterious on some level. So he was like, I'm not just going to follow Kim. He should have just followed Kim, though. Maybe Pete, he's been gone from Instagram for a while. Maybe he doesn't get the Instagram um, etiquette. Like, if you're married to someone or even just dating someone really famous, like, you're only supposed to follow them. And that's, like, a really grand gesture. So someone needs to teach him that, you know, keep swooning Kim. Well, I would say Pete's second follower was Kim Kardashian because you know who his first follower was his even bigger fan Kanye West Kanye's a bigger fan of Pete than Pete is of Kanye let's just start there anyway Kanye was so excited he was literally one of the earliest follow I think he's probably the first celebrity that followed Kanye I mean Pete I think Kanye followed Pete before Kim did he was revving his engine the minute he saw that and he can't wait to fill up Pete's comment section with hate and trolling and skeet the second he posts by the way you guys i just learned what skeet meant so kanye calls pete davidson skeet that's his nickname for him and it means a male's ejaculation i never knew that skeet i never knew that's what that meant i was always like why skeet but now i get it um love that kanye probably has push notifications on He's ready. He he has all the bells and whistles ready to go to be notified right when Pete posts his first photo. Um, I think Pete won't block him, actually. I think he likes the drama. I think he thinks it's funny. He's actually said that he thinks the whole situation is funny. Anyway, Kim followed Pete, of course. She's probably going to run his whole Instagram account, too. Oh, my God. What if they What if they had his Instagram be, be Pete and Kim? Like, like North and Kim TikTok? <laughs> They should make a Pete and Kim TikTok. That'd be great. That would de- dethrone Charlie. Anyway, it's um, we already know they're dating. So her following Pete is not the T. The T is who Kim unfollowed yesterday. She followed Pete yesterday, but she unfollowed Kanye. <gasps> the true symbol of replacement. It's shocking. To me, that is insane. Unfollowing your ex-husband, a man that you have kids with is just such an extreme step that you would really only have to take if someone really messed up. Like, Kim would have been down to follow Kanye forever and support him if he just didn't berate her with harassment for weeks. And this unfollowing has probably hurt Kanye more than their divorce did. And now Kanye's target audience isn't going to see his post, which is Kim. You know how sometimes we'll post stories until someone we really like sees it and then we'll delete it because who cares anymore? That's probably what Kanye did with his post. He deletes shit after... a a day or two probably after he knows kim sees it so his platform has been stripped from him his therapy outlet is gone his motive of his modem of communication with his ex-wife is now gone you know what's the point of him posting anymore kim said she doesn't want to see it so she's gonna unfollow and maybe this will finally get kanye to stop i do feel really bad for kanye that must be really hard to see but at the same time like i don't feel bad i just like feel emotions for him but i don't feel bad like he definitely deserved it but i can still be like oh kanye like why'd you have to mess this up for yourself you know kim didn't want to unfollow you she you you just forced her you made her he was using it to get her attention and to get her to text him back and what probably threw him over the what probably threw kim over the edge of unfollowing him was that Kanye was posting their text messages on Instagram. So Kim was done with that. She doesn't want to see it. So she unfollowed. And I think that's a good lesson for us. So what can we learn? If you don't want to see something on your timeline, don't unfollow it. Block that person. Block that word. Block that hashtag. Clear your space. You control what you see. Kim Kardashian always says that we control what we see. So block what you don't want to. Say what you really mean. It's been about six months. 
single most argumentative troll of all life, Azalea Banks, has chosen a new victim this week to say some crazy shit to in front of everyone, and that's Kanye West's ex-girlfriend, Julia Fox. So Julia inserts herself into some random beef, like a turkey baster. And this all started when Daily Mail posted a photo of Julia Fox at the airport, like right after the Kanye breakup, and it looked like Julia was like rubbing her eyes or crying or something, so the Daily Mail was like, Julia Fox is crying after Kanye West's breakup. And Julia Fox responded to the Daily Mail and said, y'all are straight trash. I haven't cried since 1997. Me, when someone breaks up with me and I'm trying to pretend not to care. I love that she said, I haven't cried since 1997. (laughs) I wonder what made her cry back then. I hope it wasn't anything too bad. Anyway, and she said, I especially wouldn't cry over this. If anything, I've been laughing more than before. And if I look like shit... It's because I got out of Terminal 1 and ran on foot to Terminal 7 because I was fucking late for a plane to go see the only men that matter in my life, which is my son and my dad. And Julia said that she did not like the narrative that the media was trying to spin of her being an upset or mad, sad, lonely woman after a breakup. And in reality, she's the number one hustler. Why does that sound like a Nicki Minaj verse? (laughs) Talking about not being mad and being the number one hustler. I love her response. She's so funny to me. Anytime I read her responses, I'm like, I totally get why her and Kanye got along. Uh, She's maybe just as unhinged, but not as unhinged as Azalea Banks. Um, And lastly, before we get into Azalea, Julia said, if you want the full tea, buy my book. So Julia said she's going to write a tell-all, basically. And that is what brought Azalea into it. That pissed her off for some reason. And Azalea Banks, of course, inserts herself into more people's lives than Nick Cannon. So she felt the need to respond to that. And she said on Instagram, we are, we already know the T, Fulia. Love the nicknames today. Instead of Julia, it's Fulia. I love that. You came to Miami looking for sex work. Some lawyer was in contact with Ye and it was a weak PR stunt from the jump. What did you hustle for him? A bag and some Lucians? You absolutely did not come up because if this was how women who always date billionaires behave, when shit goes south, threatening to tell, to sell tell-all books, you can kiss your days as a low-rate escort. Goodbye, sis. Damn! You know what? I would say I'm shocked, but that's a total little Azalea Banks response. I would expect nothing less. That's actually more on the mild side for a Azalea Banks response. And, you know, she continued and she posted a photo, a photo of Julia injecting something into her arm that she had of her for some reason, trying to bring up Julia's past with drugs. Cause I think Julia has a past of like casually doing drugs and that scene and everything like that. And Azalea Banks goes below the belt more often than Mia Khalifa. So Azalea Banks continued and she started to share their text messages. So when this beef started going on on Instagram, Julia texted Azalea Banks because she wanted to probably keep it off the public platform. And she said, talk shit about my son again. And then Azalea said in like an overlay on her Instagram, she said, okay, your son is a a crack baby. What's next? Holy fuck, Azalea. And then Julia, in their continued text from Julia, she said, ha ha, I'm about to post the whole podcast where you talk about 
shit on trans people to a trans person because Azalea was literally talking about how a trans female um, was not female yet because they still looked like a boy, which is completely like one of the most insane things to say, extremely transphobic. And Azalea added another another overlay over that text and said, Richie needs to work on his facial femme. That's a they them until further notice. Maybe pawn that Birkin and fix that jaw. Dude, Azalea Banks deserves a front row seat to hell. That's insane. Anyway, in Julia's text that Azalea exposed her for, she said, you're so mad because nobody fucks with you. You literally tried to say you're in Beyonce and Rihanna's level and I have it recorded. Ha ha ha. We play it and laugh at you. Azalea's last overlay says, yawn as if three successful divas care what kind of black crack reject meltdown you're having ha 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 i mean julia's right azalea's not on their level and azalea's trying to say three successful divas bitch keep their names out your mouth beyonce i'm so sorry that an ugly bitch like this would even say that so julia fox said two can play this game because they used to be friends so julia exposed their old text when they were doing some friendly dealing with each other julia showed a text where she got a message from azalea that said julia who sells molly and percocet in new york city and Julia said back, hi, love. Sorry, I was sleeping. Let me ask around because I deleted all dealers from my phone when my sister OD'd. These texts are way too fucking being casually played off. Why is more people not talking about this? I need to go read the Bible. I need to read a verse after reading these texts out loud. Um, and then she put an overlay of her own and said, it has come to my attention that this troll keeps calling me a junkie. Um, sis, do you? And then lastly, Julia shared a text where Azalea was trying to ask her to get in paparazzi pictures with her because they were both in New York City and asked Julia to call a pap for them so they can be photoed together. And then she lastly asked Julia if she knows of any like cheap or free hotel rooms that Azalea can store some of her music video supplies in because her current ones that she has are too small, which makes her look clout chasing and poor. So, you know, I think Julia got her back pretty well. Clearly, both of these women are just, well, more Azalea, but doing whatever they can for clout at the moment. And now that Julia's clout machine, Kanye West, is gone, she'll really do anything. I guess she's going to sell a tell book to really squeeze this out. She has to write it fast, though, like Jamie Lynn Spears. Jeez. Um, Azalea Banks has always done anything for clout, and Julia has it right now. And they used to be friends, so she had some text and some ammo that she can use against her, so she decided to use it. For our entertainment, I guess, and for her promo of whatever god-awful music video she's shooting now. But Azalea calls you out in such a disrespectful way that you kind of just have to respond. So I kind of feel bad for Julia being like brought down to her level. But yeah, her life is going downhill after Kanye. So hopefully, whatever clout she got was worth it. Anyway, what can we learn? Be careful who you trust and what you say to people in written word. Because it can and will come back to bite you, especially your friends. And especially some clout-chasing-ass person. Like, maybe if you're going to ask for drugs, do it on Snapchat so it disappears. Word to the number one hustler, Julia Fox.
anyway thank you for listening to pop culture university today thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed hanging out with me and you felt like you got something from this and maybe learned something at least a little useful and memorable for life rate this podcast five star on spotify or apple podcast tell your friends post about it dm me i would love to shout you out um dm me what you're doing right now as you listen i would love to see it and talk about it on the next episode and yeah happy friday congratulations for getting through the week i am again snowed in illinois and i'm pissed but someone very nice and cute helped me dig my car out of the snow last night so i was very thankful for that person so maybe i'll have a good day today oh yeah oh yeah what did we learn today let's review so what we learned is from Jake's chillin hall we learned that you have to be responsible for yourself and karma is real and if you don't want bad things to come back to you don't be an asshole what we learned from Kanye Pete and Kim on Instagram. Um, if you don't want to see something on your timeline, unfollow it, block it. You are responsible for your own social media diet. And then lastly, from Azalea and Julia, we learn if you're going to say something sketch, don't put it in written word. I feel like this is actually a really important lesson in life. This has come back to bite me. Do not put things like that in written word. Say it somewhere, you know, only audibly or on Snapchat. <laughs> Anyway, have a great rest of your day, and I will see you guys next time. Bye. I love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast that's B-L-E-A-V on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Go Astros.